0: Good morning, Fullerton. Here are your headlines for the week of June 20th. Number one, Day of Music returns June 21. The Day of Music returns to Fullerton at the downtown plaza and a few other venues around town, making a comeback after being shuttered by COVID. The music begins at 3 p.m. and continues until 9 p.m. at the plaza. There will be a beer and wine garden, food trucks, plus sponsor and vendor boots. The lineup includes local favorites, Darden and their Americana music. Brown Sugar kicks it with funk, disco, and rock from the 70s and 80s to current tunes. Greg Anista and The Lonely Streets are scheduled to appear. The Old Ship's Benny Chadwick will play piano and guitar between acts all day, and Stacy Q makes her return to Day of Music. It's free, as always, to bring family and friends down to celebrate our musical heritage. For up-to-date information, follow Day of Music Fullerton on Facebook and Instagram. Number two. Locals joined March for Our Lives rally at Hillcrest Park. Hillcrest Park hosted over 50 demonstrators affiliated with March for Our Lives, an organization dedicated to ending gun violence on Saturday, June 11, In the wake of events, including the Buffalo Supermarket shooting and the Robb Elementary School shooting in Uvalde, Texas, the march held a tone of urgency that was reflected on many of the participants' signs. Similar marches took place on June 11 in the nearby cities of Anaheim and Santa Ana and across the country. One of the youngest attendees, freshman Noemi Maciel of Troy High School, joined the march in hopes of encouraging other students to support causes against gun violence, as firearm-related deaths have remained the leading cause of death of children and adolescents in the United States since 2020. To learn more, visit www.marchforourlives.com. Number 3. New report gives Fullerton an F on campaign finance laws and transparency. A newly released report from the nonprofit Citizens Take Action entitled Integrity in Local Government, a report card on campaign finance laws and transparency in Orange County municipal government 2022, gives Fullerton a failing grade. Fullerton received this grade partly because the city has not enacted any limits on campaign contributions by individuals or political action committees also does not have any prohibitions or limits on campaign contributions by prospective city contractors or on developers seeking approval from local officials nor is there a limited fundraising window during which candidates can raise money the absence of such limits makes local elections and governments vulnerable to undue influence from large donors to read the full report visit citizenstakeaction.org number four local horse riders compete at jimkana Spirits were high as many gathered on a recent Saturday morning to participate in a timed obstacle race on horseback called Gymkhana. Taking place at Laguna Lake Park, Gymkhana is an event held by Fullerton Recreational Riders where participants compete utilizing both the skills of the rider and the handiness of the horse. Although the club was established 25 years ago, the Fullerton Recreational Riders have been around since 1961, making it over 60 years old. From the month of March until September, a show is held on the second Saturday of each month and is both free and available to anyone who wishes to come. For more information on the show, visit FullertonRecWriters.org. That is it for this week's headlines. Next, we have Adrian Mesa and Jessica Latour giving you a breakdown of what the primary election results are.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Observing Fullerton podcast. We are greeted by Jesse Latour, the Fullerton Observer Editor. Um, and today we are going to be talking about the primary election results um, and also city council
2: happenings. Happenings? Happenings. Okay. Happenings. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> hello, Adrian. Well, first I want to say uh, what a pleasure it is to be uh, enjoying these uh, Fullerton Observer mugs. If you, um, how can people get a mug? What do they have to do to get a mug? We have uh, mugs.
1: I believe you just uh, contact the the email, or we have it on on our website.
2: Oh, isn't it like if they um, if they want to um, advertise on the podcast, then they could get a mug.
1: You right? do get a uh, you do get a special goodie bag if you do. Um um advertise with the um uh, podcast yeah <laughs> so go do that if you guys want these awesome mugs they hold any liquid
2: any liquid at all except maybe um certain acids yeah i was about to say. <laughs> anyway uh all right so yeah so first off uh we were going to talk about the uh primary election results so on june 7th uh there was the california primary and so um I think it's important to point out that the results are not necessarily final. So votes are still being counted technically, and they won't actually be certified, um, at least for the state ones, until July 15th. Now, some of the races are probably pretty, you know, able, we're able to call. Um, but anyway, so I'm going to start <clears throat> with talking about some of the statewide races, you know, like governor, et cetera. I'm not going to talk too much in detail about those because we're more of a local Newspaper and a local podcast, but I thought I would just, you know, for your edification, point out who's likely winning and who's leading in some of the statewide races. And also, you can check the latest results of these statewide races at electionresults.sos.ca.gov. That's the Secretary of State's uh, website, and they post, they update the uh, election results. Okay, so statewide results. So first off, governor. It looks like Gavin Newsom is uh, winning, going to win pretty handily <clears throat> over uh, the the main Republican challenger, Brian Dahl. He's currently at fifty six percent of the votes, and Brian Dahl is at like about eighteen percent. So, looks like Newsom has a pretty handy lead there. Now, with these state races, they do the top two vote getters do go on to the November election. So, Newsom hasn't necessarily won the race yet, although it looks like he probably will in in November as well. But
1: um, there could be new voters.
2: I suppose, yeah. I mean, California is pretty blue overall, I yeah. think. So looks and like.
1: uh, along with his recall, he got more of a percentage on his recall than he did on his uh, initial um, run, if I'm
2: correct. Yeah, I think you're right. That kind of, that, that, that didn't work. Uh, okay, and then let's see. Lieutenant Governor, um, similarly, Eleni Kunalakis is winning pretty, uh, these are all, these are Democrats, so Newson's a Democrat, Eleni a Democrat winning, 52.7% of the vote over the, her Republican contender, Angela Underwood Jacobs. Again, they'll both go to the November election, but it's a pretty good indicator of who's likely to win with some of these. Similarly, Secretary of State Shirley Weber at 59% right now. And this is as of June 16th. That's today is June 16th when we're recording this. This will actually come out on, I think, in a few days. So these results might be slightly different, but... Anywho, who looks like Shirley Weber's winning in Secretary of State. Uh, her and Republican Rob Bernowski will go to the November uh, election. Controller, in this case, this is kind of a, a unique. So mostly at the state level, it's been uh, Democrats who are winning these different positions, with the exception of Controller. Controller, the Republican Lonnie Chen. Is winning has a larger percentage, 37.2, over the Democrat uh, Malia Cohen at 22.5. Now of course they'll both go to the um, to the November election. Top two vote getters for Treasurer Fiona Ma, uh, with 57.5% over Republican Jack Guerrero, 21.9%. Attorney General, uh, this one's actually so Rob Bonta, the Democrat, has by far the most highest percentage of votes 54.6 percent but the two there are two republicans who are kind of close right now so because votes are still being counted i think it's possible that these it could go to either because only the top two advance to either nathan hawkman who has 18.5 percent or eric early who has 16.6 similarly with um insurance commissioner Uh, let's see, the top person is the Democrat, Ricardo Lara, but then the Republican, oh yeah, then actually there's a Republican at 18% and then another Democrat at 17.8%, so that one, it could either be two Democrats or a Democrat and Republican. In California, it does um, Mark Levine. Levine? Levine, I think. Hmm. Um, So they, in California, it's the, the top two no matter what their party is, so you could have two Democrats running against each other in um in november superintendent of public instruction this one's also i mean tony thurman has the by far the most votes but then there are three other contenders who have each have about 11 percent lance christensen george yang and annie long uh, so it could be potentially any of those board of education i'm sorry board of equalization what does the Board of Equalization do? Do you know?
1: I, uh, Off the top of my head, I, I don't quite know. Um, my political science teacher is probably going to be extremely mad at me for uh, <laughs> saying that.
2: Well, that was kind of a trick question because I'm actually not sure either. <laughs> 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 okay, well, we should look these things up, right? Um, anyway, Board of Equalization, 4th District, looks like the uh, Democrat Mike Schaefer is uh, at 36%. And followed by a Democrat, David Dodson, and Republican Dennis Bilodeau, uh, who are pretty close. So those second two might um, give Schaefer, be the uh, Schaefer's opponent in November for the Board of Equalization. Next, we get to U.S. Senator. So it looks like Alex Padilla, the Democrat, uh, is winning pretty much higher percentage than his closest Republican contender. Mark Muser. Mark Muser. Padilla has 54%, Muser for about 15%. So, but, you know, they'll both go to the November election, but it looks like Padilla's got it locked up.
1: November elections also do get um, a lot more voters than than primary.
2: That's true, yeah. All right, now getting to some local offices. Well, technically still state, but these are local people who represent us at the local level. So um, we were talking about how with the new redistricting, Um, It redrew the maps for congressional districts, state senate districts, state assembly districts, and also um, even city council districts. So we have newly created districts for uh, U.S. representatives in Congress. Fullerton is split between District 45, which is like North Fullerton, and District 46, which is like South Fullerton. Mm -hmm. In the District 45 race, uh, it's kind of close, but Michelle, the Republican Michelle Steele is currently uh, leading with a 48.5% over the Democrat Jay Chen with a 42.8%. They'll both advance to the November election.
1: Um, that one's going to be a very close race. It'll be a
2: close race, yeah. I mean, you know, Orange County is, is uh, you know, in some cases kind of purple, right? Yeah. And, and th- this, um, that race will be interesting to watch. For the 46th Congressional District, which is like South Fullerton, it looks like Democrat Lou Correa is uh, going to win. Uh, He's got currently 49, about 49% over the closest Republican challenger, Christopher Gonzalez, at like about 16%.
1: An incumbent, correct?
2: Luke Correa is an incumbent, although I think it's a newly created district. But yeah, he's, Correa's been in Congress for for a
1: while. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
2: Okay, so yeah, so that will be interesting. So Fullerton could be represented in Congress by a Republican and a Democrat or, you know, we'll see, that would be interesting. Uh, moving to state senator, so for the 34th state senate district, we have uh, Democrat Tom Umberg uh, with a lead over the Republican Rhonda Shader. They will both advance, you know, to the November election. Uh, for state assembly, we had uh, Philip Chen in the 59th district, so this is kind of like northwest uh fullerton uh he ran unopposed so um but it was funny there were two people who got like a small handful of votes i think they were write-in <laughs> candidates but um but it looks like it's going to be philip chen who is a. they republican. got their
1: family to write them in yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah a little write-in campaign <clears throat> but yeah it looks like it's going to be philip chen for the 59th district uh he's a republican and then for the 67th district which is kind of like south uh, i guess more like southwest fullerton Uh, uh, Sharon Cork-Silva, who is um, an incumbent, although not for this district, right? So this is a newly created district. Uh, I believe
1: she, she, uh, yeah, Fullerton got split in half for this one, if I'm correct. Yep,
2: it got split basically in half for uh, Congress, State Senate, and State Assembly, all of those. So
1: even though she is a very popular candidate here in Fullerton, it was still, I was wondering whether or not she was going to win for this one.
2: Yeah, she's well. Her so or, her,
1: yeah. The um the numbers are still coming in along still, with, um, like you said. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Numbers are still coming in. Um, but yeah, she. But she, in terms of percentage of votes, Sharon Quirk Silva, who is a Democrat, currently has forty-seven or about forty-eight percent of the vote, and then um, the closest Republican challenger, Sue Yu, has uh, thirty, about thirty-nine percent. So they'll both you know advance again to the November election, but. Looks like Sharon Quirk-Silva has a pretty good um, good advantage at this point. That's true. All right, now let's move to even more uh, local, so county offices. So um, these races are, um, some of them are actually decided by the primary election. So unlike uh, the state offices where... It does um, go
1: into November, they, these are yeah, many one of, and done.
2: Many of these are one and done, unless in some cases somebody doesn't get um, 50... 50% plus one of the vote, then it can go to a runoff. Then it goes to a runoff. So um, so for county offices, uh, you want to uh, go to ocvote.com. So that's um, the website where they post pretty much every day. I think they update the votes update of, that are yep. <laughs> being counted and coming in. And um, I think as of yesterday, there were still about 50,000 votes um, yet to count. So we'll get the kind of boring stuff out of the way first. So there were several judges that were up for election and <laughs> too many, <laughs> too many judges, but we'll just go over them real quick. So we'll just say who the winners are. And then there's one, I believe that could go to a runoff. Uh, and I'll mention that one when we get to it. So, um, all right. So judge, we'll just say office number, it's office number five. Um, Looks like Claudia Alvarez is the winner in that one. Office number nine, Christopher Duff is the winner. Office number eleven, Sean Nelson. He's a fam- uh, familiar name locally. He was on city council and I think he's a works with the district attorney's office. Um, then let's see, office twenty two. We got uh, Braham Beitia. He's he won that office. Number twenty eight, Eric Scarborough. And number 30, this is the one that looks like it's going to go to a runoff uh, because uh, Michelle Bell... And ha- Peggy Huang. And Peggy Huang. Michelle Bell has thirty about 37%. Um, Huang has about 34%. So, again, they need to get that 50% plus
1: one. And it looks like the reason for that is just because there's a lot of candidates uh, for that office.
2: Yeah. Yep. Office 33, Steve McGreevy... Forty-five, Israel Claustro. Okay, and then we go to uh, Board of Education. All right, so these are, now we're getting into some of the uh, more interesting ones. So, yeah, so Board of Education, trustee area four. This is another one of those ones, you know, to be decided by um, the primary. It looks like at this point, Tim Shaw, Tim Shaw is at 50%. Um, over his opponent, Paulette Chafee, who's at currently at about 33%. But it looks like, yeah, Shaw is, has got a pretty sizable lead. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of contentious. I mean, th- that whole Board of Education, there's been a lot of kind of uh, controversy around that re- regarding, um, like, Tim Shaw, like, resigned from his seat on... Um, the
1: city council, correct?
2: Yeah, and then and then the board like he was off the board and then on the board and then got
1: reappointed by the board. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> yeah. Currently Tim Shaw is 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 leading pretty handily for that uh race. But oh yeah, so Tim Shaw, I guess sort of at a policy level, like the 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 thing on the board of education is you have certain folks who are more kind of like um pushing like charter schools and stuff and then you have of which Tim Shaw is uh, a mem- uh, one of that, those folks, and then Paulette Chafee, his opponent, and then other folks on the board are um, are a little less charter school um, focused, uh, although I just looked on Voice of OC, the, uh, the news site, the great news site, and they do really good election coverage, and it looks like Becky Gomez, who was on the Bo- Board of Education, just resigned over some kind of a lawsuit or something. So, Really? That's interesting news. I don't have too much to report on that, but check. You can read the story on Voice of OC. So it looks like Shaw's winning for Board of Ed. Then we have County Superintendent of Schools. It looks like Al Mejarez is uh, leading pretty hand, well, 55% over uh, his opponent, uh, Stephen Bean. Uh, Sheriff... Don Barnes, he ran unopposed, um, so he'll be the next sheriff. Treasurer tax collector Sherry Friedenreich also ran unopposed. Um, that's kind of weird, right? You feel like... Yeah, I could, have,
1: I could have put my name in there.
2: <laughs> For a sheriff or a tax collector?
1: Uh, tax For collector, trip. any of them, if they're running unopposed.
2: Sheriff Adrian, there's a new sheriff in town. <laughs> yeah. This is an interesting one. Okay, so county supervisor... Doug, uh, okay. So for the fourth district, so that's our district that includes Fullerton. It's a super duper close race and all
1: of them all, uh, all around the 30%
2: mark. Yeah. Right now, uh, Sonny Park is who is, um, uh, currently the mayor of Buena park is leading with 37.8, about percent pretty close behind Doug Chafee with about 32% and then those are both. Republic, I'm sorry, Democrats, although Sonny Park, interestingly, even though Doug Chafee is the incumbent, Sonny Park was actually endorsed by the Democratic Party of Orange County, so that, I think, oh. gave, gave her an advantage. It was, yeah, it was pretty um, interesting that they chose not to appoint uh, Chafee. There's another good article in Voice of OC from yesterday about this race and why the Democratic Party chose to, to uh, endorse Park over Chafee. Uh, but it looked like it was going to, you know, be. Park versus Chafee in a um, a runoff in in November, but the Republican Steve Vargas
1: right behind right
2: behind Chafee right uh, right at his heels. He's at about 32 percent as well. As of yesterday, they were separated by a margin of about 600 votes. Right. So, with 50,000 votes yet to be counted in the county, a margin of 600 votes is a very tiny margin, and so it could be. Uh, Park versus Chafee or Park versus Vargas.
1: It's a .70 percent difference.
2: Yeah, which is surprising because we did do some reporting. I mean, Chafee is the incumbent, which you know
1: does give him the edge. Gives an
2: advantage, but um, yeah, we did a story on kind of like campaign finance, and you know, Chafee donated a lot, a lot of his own money to his um, campaign.
1: I believe uh, it was a uh, eight hundred thousand dollars. Six, or was that com-
2: Six hundred. That was combined with his wife. Paulette. It was six
1: hundred thousand yeah.
2: dollars. <laughs> so yeah, uh, about six hundred over over the last year. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's that's pretty interesting. Um, so it looks like we will we could have a new uh, different supervisor in that seat. Um, all right, and then let's see some of the other county races that are decided. Claude Parrish won for assessor. Andrew and Hamilton ran unopposed for auditor-controller. Hugh Nguyen has handily won for clerk-recorder. And last but not least, district attorney. This was an interesting uh, race. So uh, Todd Spitzer has, looks like, won pretty handily over um, Pete Hardin, his challenger. Spitzer, um, even though these races are supposed to be nonpartisan, Spitzer is a Republican. Harden is a Democrat, and they definitely had some differences in policies that were highlighted in uh, in their campaigns and stuff. I would say Harden, you know, kind of from I would say more kind of progressive um, policy into policies in terms of like cash bail and uh, things like that, and Spitzer more kind of conservative yeah. in that regard and other regards. Um, interestingly, Spitz, you know, they had like three candidate forums.
1: And and I believe Todd Spitzer only went to one, if I'm correct. Yeah, Yeah. he only
2: went to one. And it was one that was actually moderated by a campaign donor. So, anyway. But yeah, he won. I mean, Spitzer's currently got about 63% of the vote over Pete Harden with 21%. I think Spitzer did have the advantage as the incumbent, and he just has a lot of name recognition for that. But um, also, Spitzer, I don't know, not to, to focus too much on this, but like, he faced some controversy uh, recently, where he there was a, a judge who said that he had had violated um, like a state law. I think it was like the um, uh, like a racial equality law over some comments that he had made about um, sentencing uh, an African American man, and so he apparently made some um, racially insensitive comments, um, but you know that was kind of a news story uh, over the last uh few months during the campaign but apparently didn't have too much of a of an impact okay i think that is uh that's about it for for that sorry i don't have too much more comment too much commentary on that but
1: um i mean they're just election results there's not much we can we can actually <laughs> talk about it
2: well if i was jody balma I would. Have oh yeah jody
1: say. would be able to uh shout out to jody balma yeah. <laughs> and they're uh Her her podcast as well. We did uh, do a story about her uh, last podcast. Uh, We did have a special episode where we were just talking about the up and coming elections and trying to inform everybody about it. But right now we are going to be talking about uh, city council happenings. So uh, what's been what's been going on, Jesse?
2: Yeah, so, well, the last time we talked uh, was, like, the last time I was on the podcast was back in, like, April, right? So I, was, I thought, in addition to talking about election results, I would give a little update because I, I cover the Fullerton City Council. This is not necessarily election-related, although those are elected uh, people, but I'm going to focus more on, like, what some of the interesting votes or, you know, new things that have been yeah. going on. I'm, I'm going to go just kind of, like... Uh, I guess, sort of chronologically, um, so starting in kind of like mid April, here's a kind of a brief summary of some of those uh, key votes or, or, or issues that came up. So, back in, um, uh, I guess it was uh, April 19th of their meeting, um, one inter- interesting thing we did kind of a, a longer story on this was uh, there's this new state law that requires that uh, cities make publicly available all of their police military equipment. And so um, what
1: does it mean, uh, make it publicly available? Uh,
2: they have to, like, list, uh, include it online, and then the city council has to, like, approve it. Okay. Um, and so uh, it was a pretty quick, like, not much discussion, you know, item on the council agenda, but then I I took, you know, took the liberty of, like, going on the website and actually looking up all of the police, military equipment that we have, and it's, like, kind of, kind of a lot. And so, I mean, technically... So not to go too much in detail, but like the city, they're they're clear that they haven't actually received equipment directly from the military. However, the new state law recategorizes what's considered military equipment. So they had to list all of these things like their armored vehicle, like, you know, the Bearcat that they have, you know, like the SWAT team has, you know, things like, you know, riot control, like launchers and like uh, drones and... Anyway, so if you're interested, you can go to FullertonObserver.com and, you know, you can, you know, you can find uh, the article on there that basically just lists pretty much all of the police-military equipment that the city has, and the purpose of the law was so that the public can have a say in whether they think it's appropriate for the police department to have all of this equipment, which some of it's, like, kind of gnarly stuff, in my opinion.
1: You'd probably see it in a video game.
2: <laughs> yeah. But moving forward to on May 3rd, so... Uh, I wanted to mention that we have a new uh, city manager in Fullerton, Eric Levitt. He started in May, um, and we should probably interview him at some point. He'd be a good guy. Yeah, uh,
1: he seems nice. I met him once.
2: Yeah, get to know him. Also, uh, last time we were talking about, uh, I had said that it looked like uh, the Fullerton fire chief, Adam Lozier, was going to be going to Brea, but in fact, he's staying with Fullerton, or, or he's basically, you know, Fullerton's fire chief. Now it still looks like the Florida Fire Department is going to be considering joining the Orange County Fire Authority. I'm not sure when that decision is coming up on the council agenda, but um, but I did want to point out that we still have Mr. Lozier as our as our fire chief. Oh, so we I was we were talking last time uh, about the city council potentially leasing out the Maple Neighborhood Center, and at their May seventeenth. Meeting, they voted to not lease out the Maple Neighborhood Center to the proposed nonprofit called the Friendly Center, and this was because um, you know folks from the neighborhood you know showed up and, and you know basically said that it, it's important that the center be available as a rental facility for people to have for like weddings, quinceaneras, and other kind of community events. Yeah, and the nonprofit um, wasn't able to accommodate that. And so it looks like as of now the Maple Neighborhood Center will remain city-run, but it does, but it, it doesn't mean that they're gonna start adding back services there. I mean, I think they they still need to figure out exactly the
1: the, the exact costs on how to on how much it's gonna cost to to operate everything.
2: Yeah, and or if they're gonna go with a uh, maybe another non nonpro- different nonprofit or some kind of other agreement or something, but at least as of now it's not being. Rented out to the a huge, a huge else. thing
1: with the with the rental thing um, is that a lot of the people needed a an affordable venue for like you said Quinceanera weddings and a lot of people did say why don't they just go to the community center but the community center isn't um, really all that affordable um, that was a lot of the public comments um, saying that I believe someone someone said that kitty
2: might have been kitty Jaramillo. Yeah. yes. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's yeah it's, it provides an affordable like um, place for you know people who aren't super wealthy to be able to rent out a facility and it's it's a it's a nice facility
1: and it's right down the street from where uh, people live yeah. and everything and so
2: then moving on to so the latest the most recent council meeting which was June 7th a um, couple of things so there were a lot of public comments from uh, members of the community and also downtown business owners about the orange barriers on Wilshire, the walk on Wilshire slash bike boulevard, um, there was a lot of people expressing displeasure with the city putting these orange barriers along Wilshire to accommodate uh, bicycles because it was, I mean, part of the bike boulevard which was created through grant funding you know, a few years ago. Um, but for they're kind of they're pretty ugly. It seems like nobody likes uh, these <laughs> barriers. And but they're
1: orange, and we live in Orange County. <laughs> it's
2: pretty industrial. Yeah. But um, so a lot of people spoke, uh, including some of the business owners um, who use the outdoor dining on Wilshire. And the city manager uh, was responsive. He said that they've heard you know the concerns of the community, and they're these other looking into alternatives and working toward replacing the orange barriers was something, you know, some other type of barrier that's hopefully less,
1: um, uh, the <laughs>
2: industrial looking. Yeah. Also at the last council meeting, June 7th council approved the 2022 23 budget. I'm not going to go into a ton of detail on that, but it does include, um, some of the cuts, uh, that were from the last budget. So the 2.5% cuts are carrying into this budget as well as, um, 3.8 million in, uh, Basically, from holding certain positions vacant, um, so we're still, even though the city is hiring people back,
1: they're not the uh, uh, they're not full time. If I'm correct, right?
2: Um, no, they yeah they are. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, but um, I don't want to give the wrong information. But it does include the, the cuts that were also voted on for the last budget. Um, the the last thing, and this is something that's coming up on the June twenty first agenda. So I guess when you guys hear this. This will come out on June twentieth. Uh, the following day is a big housing development that's been kind of controversial that the uh, council will evidently be voting on, called the, the Pines at Sunrise Village, and so it's. Um, and why was it? Uh, why was it controversial? So a lot of the, uh, well, the the proposed development would involve basically destroying most of the. Um, shopping center the sunrise village shopping center which is over on like euclid and rose and there's a lot of you know like korean owned businesses a lot of you know local businesses that are, have been there a long time popular with the neighborhood neighbors felt like the new owners of the property were kind of letting it like not keeping it up because for the commercial because they were hoping to do this housing thing yeah also, a lot of the neighbors felt like they don't like the density of it, and they feel like it's out of keeping with the neighborhood, etc. You know, so they had like a petition, uh, physical petition, and also online petition to, in opposition to the development. So we'll see what council ultimately you know decides on. It seems like, from what I've heard, council members say that there's probably a majority of council members who will vote for the project, but I mean I'm sure the neighbors will continue to show up and advocate for their position on that as well
1: also to keep in mind that uh we are getting um asked by the by the state for more housing
2: right this is true yep that's
1: the the units that we need per per county or per city
2: yeah the regional housing needs assessment uh fullerton for the next eight years has been is supposed to build thirteen thousand new units um so, yeah, I mean, that would be, I, I mean, I, I don't want to take a side on the Sunrise Village thing, but that would be an argument, I guess, yeah. for more housing. But also, you know, they they were saying, too, like some of the neighbors were saying that, like, um, you know, the housing that's going in is not going to be affordable housing. Yeah. It's market rate, so pretty expensive. But just,
1: uh, just a factor to be played. Yeah. Or
2: that's probably an argument that people will make in favor of it. Yes. Like we need more housing. All right. Well, I think that's it. Sorry, uh... Um, if we got anything wrong here, I guess you can edit that. Yeah,
1: okay. we, can, uh, <laughs> we can do that.
2: <laughs> double check the double check the facts. We do our best here. Um, so yeah, so there's uh, again. So if you want to keep up with the uh, the local, uh, the, well the statewide races um, for election results, again go to electionresults.sos.ca.gov, and then if you want to follow the local like county races, you go to uh, ocvote. Dot
1: gov.com. Oh, on my end it's not gov.
2: Oh, is it? Ocvote.gov. You're right. Mm. gov, you got all right. <laughs> Edited <the> editor. <laughs> you got you got <laughs> you got it. Okay, so yeah, ocvote.gov
1: And as always, if you guys want to uh read any of these uh more of a in-depth Look into the city council notes. Uh, just looked at any of the previous issues from the Fullerton Observer. Uh, Jesse does a pretty good job on um abridging everything,
2: I'm trying to sum up, you know, the summary key, the that's key a, that's a better word, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sort of a bridge summary of some of the key things, uh, and then sometimes. I'll expand on things, like, you know, like the military equipment thing. Like, I actually, you know, included more in the paper than was actually discussed at the meeting. But usually it's the other way around.
1: But Yeah, no, yeah, you, you always do. Um, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody, for listening and or watching. Um, and we'll see you guys uh, next week, I believe. Yes, next week. <laughs> All right, see you guys. Take
2: care.
0: All righty, that is the end of today's podcast. Fluttonians, thank you for listening. Be sure to follow the Fulton Observer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to keep up with the latest Fullerton news. full in stories of all our headlines are available on the Fulton Observer website, or you can subscribe to the print edition that gets mailed to your home every two weeks. You can also donate to support local journalism on our website. If you would like to sponsor this podcast, email ads at FultonObserver.com. The journalists behind our headline stories are Mike Rito, Faith Hawkschusang, Jesse Latour, and Esther Kim. Special thanks to Jesse Latour for the election coverage. Adrian Mesa and Jackson Henry edit the podcast. Bianca Bravo manages communications. And I'm Arush Naveed, your host.